0: With Hashem's assistance, we're learning about Bakam and Zayim, page 37. We begin at the Mishnah. Let's say an ox, which has only gored consistently its own type, meaning it's only gored oxen. And it has not gored other animals, let's say, like camels or dogs or anything else. Let's say the animal, the ox, has only gored people. And it has not consistently gored any animals. It's passed by animals, maybe. Let's say it's only consistently gored calves, young cows. And it hasn't taken on any big oxen. So, if it gores again, after it's become, it's done it consistently three times, so it's going to pay full damages if it gores the thing that it's consistently been goring. But if it gores an animal that it has not previously gored, so it's only going to have to pay half damages. It's still considered a tam, a tame animal, in regards to anything else. They said in front of Rabbi the following Let's say the animal has only gored on Shabbos. Meaning, and the, mefushim, the commenters explained that on Shabbos, so it has nothing to do, it's idle, so therefore it's gone and it's gored on Shabbos. But it has not gored on any animals during the week. So he responded and said that if it gores again on Shabbos, so then it has to pay full damages. But if it gores during the week, it only has to pay half the damages. Because it's considered that it's a mood, it's a wild animal only in regards to Shabbos. Because there's something that happens on Shabbos that causes it to gore. As we explained, When does it return to be called a tame animal? How can we get this animal which is gored on Shabbos to lose its status of being muad for Shabbos? When it passes through three Shabbases and animals are brought in front of it and it doesn't gore on three Shabbases, so then it no longer is considered muad. it's no longer considered a wild animal, and even if it gores again on Shabbos, it's not going to have to pay full damage, it's going to have to pay half the damages. We begin the gemara. itmar was stated in an Amoritic statement, Rav Zvid Amar Ve'ein Rav Zvid reads the Mishnah that when it says that it gored and it became mu'ad, it became wild in regards to one type. So what does it mean when it said it became? it didn't become wild in regards to the other types? It means that it passed by other animals without goring them. Thus we know that it's not considered wild in regards to the other types. That's what it means in the Mishnah. Rav Papa, Amar Rav Papa says a different understanding. In the Mishnah, it doesn't mean that it passed by those other types and it didn't gore them. That's why it's not wild in regards to any of them. But rather, what it means is if it only gores one type, it only becomes muda, it only becomes wild in regards to that type, regardless of if it's passed by any other type. Ravvid Amar venamuttnan Razvidu understands it that it also passed by other types of animals, Hasstaama Habmut, because if it had only gone and gored this type without passing by any other types, it would indeed be considered wild in regards to other types. Rav Papa Amar who understands that it says that it's not considered that it's wild in regards to other types because if it hasn't passed by anything else it's not going to be considered that it's wild in regards to other types. So Rav Zvid actually was able to see this in the end of the Mishnah. And Rav Papa and was able to see his understanding from the beginning of the Mishnah. Let's see how this works. So Rav Zvid who says that if it passes by other animals then and only then is it not considered wild in regards to those animals, because it says in the end of the mission like this We have a case where it became wild in regards to small ones and not wild in regards to large ones. If we say that it makes sense, as we said, that it's talking about a case where it actually. Passed by other animals without goring those large animals. And that would imply that if it only gored the small animals, it would still be considered that it's wild, that it's wild in regards to the large animals if it hadn't passed by those large animals. So then there is a novelty. It's coming to teach us that even if it only gored small animals, it's still considered that it's wild, that it's wild in regards to large animals of that type. That's a novelty, because you could think that, uh, that if it, maybe it's only goring small animals because it's not as threatened by those small animals. It's a novelty to say that it's still considered that it's wild in regards to the large animals of that type. But if it's coming to say that it's considered muad only to the small ones, even though it hasn't passed by the large ones, like Rav Papa said, and therefore, if it only went and gored the small animals, it's not considered that it's wild in regards to the large animals. We're going to have a problem. There's no novelty here. Because now we could say, mikatan now da that if we 're talking about it, it only gourd small animals of this type let 's say calves so it 's not considered it 's obvious to us as we mentioned previously that it 's not considered a moad wild in regards to small animals let 's say small goats which are not its type, stomachvi so there it's not considered wild in regards to those types so if that's true is it a novelty to say that from that if it became uh, it became wild in regards to small ones that it's not considered wild in regards to the large ones that's simple it's obvious because clearly this animal is only goring smaller animals it feels threatened by those larger animals certainly it's not going to be considered that it's wild in regards to that so a coin to a papa there's not going to be too much of a chiddish it's not going to be a novelty so, Papa is going to answer you and say, There is a novelty. Because <aus intention of Zucker gossip> we would have thought to say like this. Hailu Once we see that it's going and it's goring that type, so even though it only gored the, the small ones, we see it's goring oxen, it's goring calves, it's goring. House, then there should be no difference between large ones and small ones. It's all the same. We see it's only growing this type. And that's why it has to teach us that It is a novelty to say that even though it's growing this type of animal, we will also say that it's even more specific and it's only growing small of this animal. That it's not considered, it's not considered wild in regards to the large ones. Now, Rapapa proves his idea. Rapapa, who said that we're talking about a case where it didn't pass by any other animals. It only gored three animals without passing by other types of animals. So he learned this out. Rapapa figured this out from the beginning of the mission. The Katani, it says in the beginning, Adam, It says that when it became wild in regards to people, it's not considered wild in regards to animals. If we say, as we said, as our papa says, that we're talking about a case where it didn't pass by anything else, and nevertheless, it's not considered wild in regards to other things. This is what it's coming to teach us. There's a novelty here. That even if we're talking about where it gored people three times, it's not considered wild in regards to animals. That's a tremendous novelty, because a person has the ability to watch himself, to make sure that he doesn't get gored so if a person got gored and it's considered wild in regards to a person you would think and you naturally should think that it would be considered wild in regards to animals as well no that's what the novelty is that it's not considered wild in regards to animals but if we say that any time it says in the Mishnah it means that it passed by other animals and if it didn't pass by other animals it is considered wild in regards to other things so then we have a problem what's the novelty we've already said in the Mishnah that if it became according to the Sheet according to Rav Zvid if it became wild in regards to one type of animal it's considered wild in regards to other types of animals we know that already then is it a Chiddush is it a novelty to say that once it's wild in regards to people it's going to be wild in regards to animals as well that's obvious the havimud that is considered wild what's Rav Zvid going to answer? That this case, what's it talking about? It's talking about a case as follows. This ox was originally wild in regards to people and in regards to animals. And then it went back from being considered wild in regards to animals. How That it saw an animal three times and it didn't gore them. My hooded Taymor, I might have thought Kevin delayed Hodder Baby Autumn that since it has not passed by three people without goring, it's still considered wild in regards to a person. Chazar de So the fact that it passed by three animals doesn't make it not wild in regards to an animal. Maybe it's still considered wild in regards to an animal, since it's still considered wild in regards to a person. Kamash Malan. that is, according to Razved, what the novelty is, the chazar de behema mi That even though it's still considered wild in regards to a person, once it passes by an animal three times, it's not considered wild in regards to animal. So you can have a case, according to Rav Zvid, that it's wild in regards to people and not in regards to animals. The Gemara asks a question. This question is going to be on Rav Zvid. Sumchus on Sumchus says, Mu'ad adam, mu'ad behema, bikal if an ox is considered wild in regards to people, it's going to be considered wild in regards to animals as well, and it's a logical derivation. If it's already considered wild in regards to a person, the culture again, certainly it should be considered wild in regards to an animal, like we said before perhaps, because a person can protect himself and an animal is not so smart to protect itself says the Gemar, We can deduce from here that the Tanakama is saying, not like Sumchus, he's saying that you could be wild in regards to a person without being wild in regards to an animal. So that's not like Rezvid, because Rezvid said as soon as you're wild in regards to a person, you're also wild in regards to an animal, unless you pass by animals. So Rezvid will answer you, what's the Psha? What's the understanding? Sumchus, Sumchus is going on a case where the animal left its state of being wild in regards to an animal and this is what he's saying Lutana, coming to the first Tana this is that you said that if it was originally mild, it was originally wild in regards to a person and an animal and if it passed by animals it's no longer considered that it's wild in regards to animals it's not true sukha so says the fact that it passed by those animals doesn't take away its status of being wild in regards to animals it's a logical derivation from a man from a man that if we see that it has not passed by people, and it's still considered wild in regards to people, maybe the culture, can certainly it should still be considered wild in regards to animals, even though it's passed by animals. That's what some is saying according to Rav Zvid. Now that Gamar is about to bring a proof that Rav Zvid seems to be correct from our Mishnah, and our Papa seems to be incorrect. And before we do that, I just want to say a little bit of a different twist, so we understand the continuation we need to understand what Rav Zvid is saying as opposed to what Rav is saying Rav Zvid said that in the Mishnah it says it's not considered wild in regards to other animals it means that that's part of the case it's saying it became wild in regards to one type of animal and it did not become wild in regards to the other type of animal and we explain that because it means that it passed by the other types of animals Rav Puppa is saying that when it says the words it's not wild it's saying it's saying what the law is that if it became wild to one type it's not wild in regards to a different type Regardless of the fact that it had passed by any other types, that's important to understand. Now let's see Tashma. We're going to bring a proof from the Mishnah that Rebbesvid seems to be correct. Amolifnei Rebbi Yehuda. They said in front of Yehuda. I raise If let's say we have an animal which is wild on Shabbos. It's not wild in regards to the weekdays. So he responded and said, So in such a case, so if it gores on Shabbos, it will pay full damages. If it gores during the week, it's not considered wild during the week and it will only pay half the damages. If Rav Zvid is correct, and when it says the words that it's not wild in regards to other animals, it means that it was not wild in regards to those things. It's all part of the case. It's not saying a psa it's not saying this is the law. It's not not considered wild. But rather it's saying that the case is where it was only wild in regards to Shabbos in this case. And it wasn't wild in regards to the weekdays. So then we understand the case because the rabbis were asking Rabbi Yehuda what would be in such a case. And he's answering them what the halach would be. But if it's saying a psak and the rabbis are saying like this according to Rabbi Yehuda this is what will come out. They're saying in a case where it became mood, became wild on Shabbos, it's not mood. It's not wild on the weekdays it's a statement what the rabbis are teaching Rabbi Huda the halacha it, so, it sounds like they're just making a statement to according to Rabbi and if that's the case why is he answering them if they're not asking a question they're making a statement why is Rabbi Huda answering them so that seems to be clear that this is not making a statement when it says the words that it's not considered wild but rather as a continuation of what the case is like Rav Zvid explained Rav Yanai says we can actually see this in the first part of the Mishnah because it says in whatever cases where they're wild whatever animals it's considered wild in regards to that animal you're going to have to pay full damages if it goes again that animal but any animal that it's not considered wild in regards to that so you're going to pay half the damages if it's saying a continuation of the case that's what it means in the first part of the Mishnah so then so then as Rashi explains it so we need to make the statement of what the case is where it passed by other animals without goring them so we can have the deduction that if it's only gored these animals without passing by any other animals that it is considered wild in regards to those animals and then we continue and explain that in in the case where that's considered wild so then you pay full damages in the case where it's not you don't pay full damages the mission makes sense but if it was saying like a papa that where it only gored one type it's not considered, more, it's not considered wild in regards to the other types and it's just making a statement Pascha So then it already said the p'sak. It said the Halacha We finished our statement My two Why does it have to continue saying Whatever it's considered wild In regards to that it pays full damages And whatever case it's not considered wild Then you don't pay half the damages Ad don't we know until now the Hatam Mishal Khazinezik that an animal that's considered tame pays half damages and woman shalom? And if it's wild it pays full damages, we know that already. It's there's no reason for the Gemara, the Mishnah, to continue to say these words. According to Rosvid, it makes sense. Now, the Gemara, interestingly, when it finishes off, it says the v'im timsi And if you want to say Nami that Rav Papa is correct. And whenever the Gemara does an Imtimsi Laimar, if you want to say, we always that way. The halacha will be like Rapapa in fact, even though it seems from the not like Rapapa, In the end, we will pass it like Rapapa, that if it only went and became wild to one type, even if it didn't pass by other types, it's still considered not wild in regards to other types. So now, how can you still get it to be wild in regards to all types of animals? So. Even according to him, If it went and it gored an ox, a mule, and a camel, three different types of animals, so then it will in fact be considered that it's muud, that it's wild in regards to all kinds of animals. We learned in a nagach. It saw an ox and a gourd le Lenogach, it saw another ox, it didn't gore. Sure, Nogach, again it saw an ox and gore. Shor Lenogach, the next time it didn't gore. Sure, Nogach, it saw one and it gore. Shor Lenogach, and then it didn't gore. So it went gore, no gore. Gore, no gore. Gore, no gore. Nasem would the form. So it becomes wild. And on this pattern that every other time it's going to have to pay full damages and every other time it's going to have to only pay half damages if it does it on the time where it didn't normally gore Tan Rabbanet we learned there by so rush or nogach let's say it saw an ox it, it gored. chamor le nogach it saw a donkey it didn't gore suus <speaking> nogach <in Hebrew> it saw a horse it gored. gomal le nogach a camel it didn't gore parrot <speaking in Hebrew> nogach a mule it gored. arid le nogach a wild donkey and it didn't gore nasa <speaking> muud <in Hebrew> So then it becomes wild in regards to all animals every other time. The Gomer asks a question. Let's say it gored. Return to Lama Zayma page 37b. They said that it gored was an ox, another ox, a third ox, then a donkey, and a camel. Mah, what do we say in this case? High shore Basra, the last of the three oxen that are gourd Baser Swarm Shadinale, do we count it with the first set of oxen? Vakati the Swarmhu da Ayyid, and therefore it's only considered that it's uh, it's wild in regards to the oxen and therefore it's not considered wild in regards to other animals because you can't perhaps count the shore, the third ox as part of the second group or perhaps no we can use this ox to be counted as the second group as well and therefore now it's going to be considered that it's wild in regards to all types of animals Okay, that's the first question. of a short, short of a short. Now let's say we have the opposite case where a gored a donkey, a camel. And then it gore three oxen. Ma, what's going to be the, the halach in this case? Do we include it in the first group? And therefore, it's going to be considered that it's wild in regards to all different types. Or perhaps now we say that you put the ox with its own types. And perhaps it's only considered that it's wild in regards to oxen and not in regards to other types. Shabbos, Shabbos, for Echav v'shabos v'shabos. Let's say it gored three times on a Shabbos, and then right after the third Shabbos, it gored on Sunday and then Monday. Mahu? What do we say? U'da do we say that the third time that we had it, that it gored on Shabbos is part of the group of Shabbos's? V'akati u'da And it's only considered part of that first group, and it's only considered wild in regards to Shabbos, and not in regards to the weekdays. Dayid, it's not considered wild. Or perhaps no. We include the last time that Guran Shabis, along with the, the Sunday and Monday that followed it, and therefore it's considered wild in regards to all the days of the week. Hey, Shabbos Shabbos, Let's say it goes on Thursday, Friday, and then on Shabbos and then the following Shabbos, and the following Shabbos Mahu. What do we say? Has ha, hey, will send the first Shabbos to be part of the first group, v'aid yayma, and therefore it's considered that it's wild for all the days of the week. Ay, duma, ha, shabbos baser, shabbos isu Maybe that the first Shabbos is considered part of the group of Shabboses that followed it, and therefore, with the Shabbos is with the ayat, and it's only considered wild in regards to Shabbos, and we can't include it in the first group. Teku, we don't have an answer to this question let's say the ox gored on the 15th day of the first month and then it gored on the 16th day of the next month and then it gored on the 17th day of the following month what's going to be, is that considered a pattern and therefore it's going to be the obligation to pay full damages if it gored on the next month on the 18th so this is an argument between Rav and Itmar. this is speaking about being making it considered if a woman has a period on a certain day so then she has to expect her period on the following day, and there's going to be different you assume, different problems that are going to be involved with that, if she's expecting her period, so she's going to be forbidden to her husband on that day. Let's say her period came on the 15th day of the first month, and her period came on the 16th of the following month, and then on the 17th of the following month, so Rav says that she's already considered that she has a set period, and therefore on the following month, on the 18th day, she's not going to be allowed to be with her husband. It's not enough to have it, that it has happens uh, on the first month, the second month, and the third month, but you need it to happen three times skipping. Meaning the first day, it's not considered that it skipped from a previous day. So therefore, it has to go three skips from the first time she saw on the 15th day until the 16th of the, on the next month, so that's the first skip. And then to the 17th of the following month, that's the second skip. From the eight, till the 18th of the following month, that's the third skip. Only then is she, is she considered that she had her period on a set schedule. And then the following month, on the 19th, then she's going to have to be worried that she's going to get her period then. So the same exact idea, the same argument would be true in regards to an ox. If it gored on the 15th of the first month, the 16th of the second month, the 17th of the third month, is it considered now moored or not? Does it have to wait till the following month to be considered that it's wild? So that's going to be an argument between Rav and Shmuel. Um, Rav. Rav says, Let's say the animal heard the sound of a chauffeur blowing, and then it gored. The next time it heard the sound of a chauffeur, it gored. The third time it heard the sound of a shofar and it gored. So it's considered wild in regards to a chauffeur. Whenever it hears a chauffeur again, if it Gores, it's going to have to pay full damages. That's obvious. Mahud is going to says, You would have thought that the first time that the chauffeur blew it doesn't count because it just surprised the animal and therefore that's why it went and it caused the damage. So it's come to say, No, the first time the, the chauffeur blew, it was nothing to do with surprise, but the chauffeur somehow that sound is the ability to cause this animal to gore and therefore it's considered regular in regards to chauffeur blowing and it's going to have to pay full damages anytime the chauffeur blows. Masizim would begin the Mishnah. Shur shall headyid it should be. shur Shushal Hektish. Let's say a regular person's animal, gord the animal uh, that belongs to the temple, the shall hechtish, or the temple's animal that caused damage to the to an ox that belongs to a regular person, the obligation to pay, shanemar, shur reehu. The verse says that only when one ox gores the ox of his friend mean, meaning so that doesn't include when the ox gores an ox that belongs to the temple or the other way around If so let's say the ox that belongs to a Jew gores the ox that belongs to a non-Jew a Kanani, specifically a Canaanite potter there's no obligation to pay but if a Canaanite uh, ox gores the ox of a Jew whether we're talking about a tame animal or a wild animal has to pay full damages we're going to understand this in the Gemara with Hashem's help we begin the Gemara our mission is not like the opinion of Rabbi Shem ben Benassi the time we have a price if you have an ox that belongs to a regular person that causes damage to an ox it belongs to the temple and the other way around as well there's no obligation this is our mission because the verse says the ox gores it has to pay only we're talking about the ox of one friend to another of a companion of a similar type of person but not if it gores the ox of the temple Rabbi ben Benassi Rishim Anasi says no if the ox that belongs to the temple causes damage to an ox that belongs to a regular person potter, there's no obligation however, if a regular person's ox gored the ox that belongs to the temple whether it's a tame animal or a wild animal if your animal gores through an animal that belongs to the temple you have to pay full damages no matter what Amri so we say what does he hold how does he get there if when the Torah says that if your ox gores the ox of your friend it means specifically only a friend so there shouldn't even be an obligation if a regular person's animal gore through an animal that belongs to the Besamikdash to the temple and if it doesn't mean it when it says that in the Torah that it doesn't mean specifically it has to be your friend even if the temple's thing went and gored and it went and gored and the animal that belongs to a regular person this should be an obligation to pay. And if you want to say that, really, he holds that in fact it's specifically uh, one's friend. So, however, when a regular person's animal causes damage to the temple's animal, the reason that there's an obligation to pay, we learn it out from a logical derivation from a regular case. If a regular person's animal causes damage to a regular person's animal, there's an obligation to pay. The and certainly if it caused damage to the temples thing. The obligation to pay. So the Gemara says, if that's how we learned it out, you're going to have a problem. Because you can't learn out from a logical derivation anything more than the original thing. Just like by a regular person, so it pays half damages. So when a, when a regular person damages the temple, it should only have to pay half the damages. Why is Rabb Shimon Ben Manassi saying that it has to pay full damages? Everything originally, according to Rabb Shimon was included in paying full damages cause of Reehu Gabitam and when the Torah says specifically in regards to a tame animal, that it's only in regards to a regular person what is it coming to say only in regards to a regular person damaging another regular person do you pay only half the damages that's what it's coming to say that we can deduce that in regards to the temple whether we're talking about a tame animal or an animal which is wild it pays full damages because if it would be true that you never have to pay in regards to in regards to the temple at all so it should have said the word exclusively Including the temple in regards to the case where it was wild already and then we would know that certainly in regards to the case where it's tame you don't have to pay at all from the fact that it only said the word re'ehu implying that there's a distinction in regards to the temple's thing so it's teaching that there's only a distinction in regards to the case of tam where it's tame because in regards to mu'ad you're going to pay full damages in regards to the tame one you're also going to pay full damages because by a regular person you're going to pay only half damages